up, Internet? You're tuning in episode 96 of Nintendo Noise, Flipscreen Games' weekly Nintendo podcast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined today for the second week in a row by my very good friend what and co-host, Mr. Kenny Hicks. What it do? Episode 96, the opposite of nice. Uh, so, yeah, so I guess bad. this is very nice. Because... <laughs> this is... Very nice. I got to tell you, I, I think it's going to be a very nice episode because I'm 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 flying high right now, bud. I'm here with my oldest friend in podcasting. I've got an S tier Nintendo Direct to talk about right now. It's like, what what more could you ask for on such a fine day? Yo, it was great because I was uh, messaging yesterday. I was like, oh, what do you want to talk about? Then Nintendo said Nintendo Direct tomorrow. I was like, yo, bet. <laughs> it's like they just handed Let's it go. to us. I mean, you know, like Steve picked a heck of a week to go on vacation, you know, because, uh, <laughs> man, I mean, not only do we get some big announcements here, uh, we got some stuff that impacts some of our predictions for the year. It's it's a it's a banger uh, of a direct ahead of us now. So I'm ready to just jump right into it because – I, yep. Like, I, I'm not trying to bury the lead. I think this was an S-tier direct. I don't think that there's much conversation to be had. I think if you don't agree that it's an S and you think it's anything less than an A, I, wipe yourself off because you are you must already be dead. I don't know. It's, it's like I had a little bit of everything, solid surprises, games that are coming out this year. Surprise in a couple games of months even. That are coming out Surprise this year. games. That's crazy. That are coming out this game. Like, you know, after waiting years for things like... Uh, the Breath of the Wild uh, sequel to the Kingdom after waiting and still not hearing Jack about Metroid. It is super refreshing to get games that are announced and not just coming out this year, but coming out in a couple of months. Like, you know, uh, Nintendo has been cooking. Like we were kind of like uh, bullish last week, but they've been cooking. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, like we'll, we'll start things off here, right? Like obviously I think the big announcement of the show of, of many, right? Cause there were a lot of good announcements here is, of course, uh, Super Mario Brothers Wonder, right? Brand new 2D Mario oh, yeah. game. The first new style for a 2D Mario game since the new Super Mario Brothers series brought it back. And that was all the way back on the DS. That was like 2000 and what? Five? Six, maybe? You know, it's, 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 it's been a while. I know some people were predicting a 3D uh, Mario game, like a sequel to Odyssey or something like that. But um, the thing is, 3D isn't always necessarily better it's different no right? it's not right uh, there's like, absolutely th not 2d mario yeah. has uh absolutely uh is is a pillar in its own right and what a lot of people i don't think realize is generally it sells better too really yeah a lot of the like the the new super mario brothers games are some of the highest selling mario games uh of, of the last you know several generations yeah no i i did not know that and just like, listen, I'm telling you straight up, uh, Elephant Mario is going to be the meme of the year, like straight up. I... And if he turns into a Mar uh, uh, an elephant, what else is he going to turn into? Uh, can we get T-Rex Mario back, please? Just, like, <laughs> there's just so much new stuff there, right? Like, it's, it's really crazy. And like, I think the fact that this is a game that, you know, we hadn't seen, got the announcement, it's imminent, and it's like such a... Uh, dynamic shift is like really exciting you know like this is i think kind of the change that we've been waiting for and like wanting to get something fresh wanting to get that shot in the arm for you know 2d mario because as much as like a lot of the the new super mario brothers games have been have been great it's 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 tired at this point you know and yeah this that this time they're doing something real different real unique real 
this is this is Mario, if you know what I mean. I, I have no other way of putting it. It just seems like it's full of like joy and light, and the the platforming based on the trailer looks super super tight as always. And like right? and like a lot of um, new, like you said, you pointed out the new powers, but like new uh, platforming gimmicks and stuff. Like there's like a thing of him like sliding on a down like a rail, like, swimming up in a, 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 a waterfall and stuff like that. And then of course like all of these, you know, these crazy. Um, I forget what they're called. The like, I guess they're called like wonder uh, tubes, flowers, or, or, or wonder. Or... What would the the things that like every time he gets them, and then it's like making all of the the environments go crazy, right? Like when he gets the wonder yeah. flowers. Like um, and the other thing that I want to point out with this game is that the music just sounds. It reminds me of something out of like Katamari Damacy a little bit. You know what I mean? And I mean that as an absolute sure. compliment because I love the Katamari Damacy soundtrack. Um, it just gives like that feeling of just like joy and between this and the mario movie and we'll touch upon this in a little bit uh the mario rpg remake um <laughs> yeah we're mario fans are eating well this year mario fans are eating real well seriously um, i mean uh we we had a, a comment here from uh from olaf from the discord he said how in the world did we get six mario announcements in one direct when they had a mario uh reel and they said after that okay that's all it's like literally <laughs> they they had multiple breaks where it's like here's just a ton of Mario stuff, right? And then we still it, get it, this at the end. Crazy. You see when they announced the direct yesterday they said, "Oh, more information on Pikmin 4 plus other things coming out this year." And I was like, "Okay, we might get one or two surprises." And then Nintendo just like, "Nah." That's the thing. <laughs> when they said 40 minutes, I thought it was going to be a big direct, but like this is the type of announcement I just didn't think they were going to be ready to show us yet. We've been talking all year about how it's like they don't need to show this stuff. They don't need to release more this year. You know, they must be waiting for the next console. But like, clearly, they have more. They had more bullets in the chamber, man. Yeah. So um, like, I, it wouldn't surprise me if this slate is the last big push of first-party Nintendo games, right? Like, I, I can't imagine them doing too much more with the Switch beyond this. But then again, I was wrong last week, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right, is, like, at this point, I feel like never say never because I they constantly have done things that I didn't think made sense this generation. Um, like, I, I literally predicted that this Mario game was not going to come out, right? So, like, obviously, you know, they're, they're certainly able to surprise us. Um, but uh, we actually got a question I'm going to pull from the question block here. This one comes from Asobi, uh, one of our Patreon producers, who wrote in and said, after this direct... Are you more confident about a new console in 2024 or less confident? And Ooh, I think um, it's such an interesting question because you said it, right? And like my knee-jerk reaction is surely this must be the last push, right? But in the same breath, they they told us about two games that are coming out on the Switch next year, right? The Luigi's Mansion seek uh those uh, remaster. New New Moon. Yeah, the second one. Yeah, uh, that's getting the remaster. And then the new Princess Peach game, which they only showed us like a little bit of, but those are both new projects that we heard about that are coming out next year. We know Metroid Prime 4 is still in development and has to get shown at some point. Like, I, I don't know. Like, the idea of a new console in 2024, I think, is an interesting question. Because do I think we'll, we'll get the new console announced in 2024? I feel like we must. The idea that we're not going to get it announced eight years into this console's life cycle seems impossible. Would be absurd. But, right, think about this, Ken. They said that they saw the Nintendo Switch having a 10-year life cycle, right? We're already seven years in. 
Next year, it would be eight years. So say they reveal the next console next year, and then it comes out the following year, that would be the ninth year of Nintendo Switch, and then it would only need to have one crossover year with whatever the new hardware is to hit the 10-year life cycle that they were talking about. It's not, you I see, don't know. Uh, I feel like with Nintendo, though, when they say things like that, um, what they say and what they actually do are two different things. Like, remember when the DS came out and they said the DS was going to be side by side with the gba yeah and they're like oh it's part of the nintendo pillars. family of consoles the game boy advance is not going anywhere but what they mean by that is we're going to support it for like a year or two until the new ones popped off and they did the same thing with the 3ds right exactly but the interesting thing is with the switch you got to think we're going to get a switch 2 though right like it not necessarily a name but whatever the next console is is going to be another version of the switch which is it has different to be. Right, it, that's a different thing than being like we're getting everyone to move over to a totally new console, and I think they're gonna want to make it seem like more of a the PlayStation Four to PlayStation Five jump, or like of course you'll buy the next one and move over because it's the same thing and you keep your library, but the games run better and there's new stuff and it's you know like I think they want that cohesion here because the Switch has been so successful, the branding is really strong. They they want to keep that market intact. Yeah, and not for nothing, um, prior to the Switch, there's always been a home Nintendo console and a portable Nintendo console. You know what I mean? Like that, the Game Boy Advance, and then they had the GameCube, uh, the DS and the Wii, um, Wii U and 3DS. You know what I mean? Uh, with the Switch, like they kind of merged those two together. So they have to keep that going. And that's part of the reason why the Switch is so successful. Even when the console cells kind of lacked behind, the handhelds always killed it. You know what I mean? Uh, even the 3DS start off a little bumpy, but then it killed it. Um, yeah, so I feel like what... The, the point you made about how they brought that together, it made it so much easier to get games out on Switch because you have all those resources towards one device instead of across two. Exactly. But now that makes me uh, curious, like how much are they going to innovate with the Switch 2 under the guise that it has to be portable I now? don't think they Because they can't go back... Yeah, they, they, they can't go back to the two-console pillar anymore. Like they can't go in reverse. Um, and in that regard, seven going on eight years into the console, um, it wouldn't surprise me if the Peach game comes out earlier this, uh, next year. And the Luigi game is just like a remaster. It's like a remake of the right. DS game, right? Um, so like that coming out early to mid next year, them having an announcement, announcing backwards compatibility, building up hype uh, to have a launch in like September leading into the holiday season. Like it's kind of too perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, to pass up. And it wouldn't. And also, now that Metroid 4 has been in development, uh, uh, Prime 4 has been in development for so long, they literally started development, shelved everything halfway through, hired the original studio back, and basically started from square one. Yeah. Uh, and with that much development time, would it be smart to release it on last year's console or use it to hype up the new one as a launch game? I, Similar to how we got Breath of the Wild at launch. I you know what it, I mean? I think it's going to be like a cross-gen thing like that where it comes out. It's like the last game on Switch and the first game on Switch too. Yeah, and the it's Switch like would be the Wild, definitive right? version. Or like Twilight Princess exactly. before it. Yeah, so like all Nintendo has to do is make the next Switch backwards compatible and then they win. <laughs> just, like they just have to keep the gravy train going. Uh, <laughs> give me a... Uh, HD uh, screen. <laughs> yeah. And um, we'll eat that up. That's we'll the thing. That up. But like, I, I don't think you need to do anything beyond just making it a, a slightly more powerful system with, like, more functionality. And, like, fix the Joy-Con drift. That's it. Like, yep. make a better controller. Joy-Cons 2.0. Uh, <laughs> yeah. For sure. Um, so I would say 
Uh, to answer the initial question here, I would say I'm more confident because the stuff that they announced is coming out this year and the uh, things that are coming out next year are probably going to be like, a, not multi-platform, but um, like smaller, if you will. Yeah, like uh, we have one remake and we have a Peach game coming out next year. You know I, mean, what I mean, that's the thing though. The Peach um, game could be, if that comes out late next year, that could be like a bigger release that is like a, a simul release as well too right because like you think about um you, you mentioned the mario movie right like i think between that and this like i feel like this is probably like them making an effort now to uh like give peach her own series her own. in the same way that like luigi's got luigi's mansion wario's got wario where right like they even have captain toad right like we only yeah, got that's fair super princess peach on the ds like way back in the day and that obviously never you know turned into like a really a, took off yeah and i think now like the character has uh more identity than she had before because like in the movie she's you know a co-lead not uh a damsel in distress damsel in distress exactly oh, God, jinx oh my great man. minds great <laughs> minds um but no um until i see more gameplay because they really just showed like a brief teaser uh it's hard to say one way or another with princess peach uh i know nintendo doesn't do anything without reason um whatever they do with peach i'm sure will be unique something they haven't done before uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it but short term you know mario bros wonder that fire and also daisy's in that game let's go yeah 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 <laughs> daisy's I, back baby that that was really cool i mean i i don't to my knowledge right like i don't think she's ever been playable in anything that wasn't a a sports game right so that's that's a really cool addition like, for sure like smash brothers um as a skin yeah <laughs> yeah oh, echo fighter but right, I, I, of course I, of I course i forgot she i can go into a whole conversation about that um <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah i mean um we've got mario luigi toad peach daisy and yoshi were all shown as playable characters so really deep pretty deep roster too yeah no four-player co-op um we're in there. We're gonna. We have to set up a stream for that one for sure. Um, that'd be a fun one to play together. Yeah, and it gives absolutely. me an excuse to uh, visit you in Philly. <laughs> Yo, please. Uh, that would I would love that. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, I think it's easy to say that this is the announcement of the show, right? But like, uh, this is gonna be, I think, disruptive in the conversation for game of the year later the this year. year. Like, this is this is a game that could legit be a contender. Um, and I don't think a lot of people. We'll maybe think about it that way out of the gate because it's a 2D platformer, but like it's Mario. Uh, there, are, baby. There, are, there are so many good game of the year contenders this year. We got Mario, we got Zelda. Um, and I'm just gonna assume Mario's gonna be up there, right? Uh we got Resident Evil uh 4 remake, which is gas. Uh apparently Final Fantasy 16 is up there too. Right, yeah. Uh, reviews like, just dropped this... for that today, and it's looking real good. We got Starfield yeah, no. later this year. We got Spider-Man 2 later this year. We got Diablo 4. We have a Forza Motorsport later this year. Those <laughs> games are always like 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10. Like We we got Spider-Man. Sp Just Dance 2024, baby. <laughs> <laughs> what a year. What a time to be elected. I, I'll tell you what, man. Like All jokes aside, I, I think there's a real good chance that this becomes a new contender for like best year in games history type thing. Not for nothing. I, I I'm trying to think of a better year in gaming. 
Um, I feel like that can be like a whole podcast all in of itself. It is. Like we just it go is. Like the rest year by year. That'd be a fun one. Let's That'd do be it one. after this year. Um, I think, we, or like maybe as this year winds down, we should do that as an episode. That would be fun. Yeah, like end of the year um, review, if you will. But yeah, no, I'm 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 gonna definitely put that in my notes here. <laughs> <laughs> but um, enough gushing over uh, Mario. Now let's start to gush over Mario RPG. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So that I mean, that was another another one because this this was interesting. Because, of course, uh, there was a rumor about there being a new 2D Mario in development, like, way, way back months ago um, that ended up coming to pass. But this was another one that that uh, had kind of— I didn't le- see coming at all. It wasn't that ah. Mario RPG had leaked, but there was a leaker who claimed that there was going to be a Direct this week, which obviously was correct, and said that in that Direct they would show off— um, I think I think what he had said, or they, they had said, was a— new Mario title, and then a remake of a Super Nintendo game. And a lot of people were like, oh my god, Earthbound, Earthbound. But Super <laughs> Mario RPG is, I mean, that's that's also really hot. Hey, that is a great, yeah, great one. That is fire. So I never played a Super Mario RPG. Me right? neither. Uh, I'm I really did, excited to I do did, it. Yeah, I did love the Mario and Luigi RPGs on like the Game Boy Advance and the uh, DS and whatnot. I love those. Um, so this is a great time for me to like jump right back into it once again. Coming out this year, like that's crazy. Crazy. Um, yeah, this one's coming yeah. out. Oh, and I, I don't know if we said it before, but the it's October twentieth. Super Mario Wonder. October twentieth. Super Mario RPG is coming no, uh, November seventeenth. So that's two un, unannounced Mario games revealed <laughs> and coming out within the same year. Crazy. Totally in the next game. five months. Like it's it's crazy. And it's like for the longest time I thought the reason Super Mario RPG never made it to the uh, Nintendo Switch Online subscription service was because maybe of like licensing difficulties with Square yeah. Enix or something like that. Because I think they technically own the rights to Geno. Um, they do. I, think. I could be wrong about that. No, I think they you're do. Right. Yeah. I, I, I be- I've heard that before. I've heard that that's the reason why you don't see it as much as that like Square has stake in it in a way that Nintendo doesn't just own it outright. Yeah, but like apparently the reason they haven't released it is because they've been cooking a whole remake, and I love that for us. We're great. <laughs> I love this. I mean, because uh, I'm right there with you. Like I've never played this one before. I really, wa- I've always wanted to, and just like really, I never took the plunge. And this looks great. I love, I love the vibe and, and the look of it. And I think it's really cool that aside from the like you know, added, like, uh, special attacks and, like, little, like, CG cutscene things that we are seeing, it feels like they really tried to just keep the exact same art style and just bring it into a more modern... Bring it up to modern days. Yeah, pixel art, right? Like, as if it was made today, right? You know? Uh, but, But that same style, which I think is really a great choice because, like, it being such a classic, iconic game, like... I like that they're trying to keep the spirit of it, but, you know, present it for a new audience. Yeah, I, I just love the way Mario looks in this game. I, just, I like, know, it, he's so cute. He's like, he's, he's, he's so stout, he's like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, all of them are like I'll, that too, though, right? Because, like, even, like, 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 Peach is like that, where it's like, oh, yeah, like, why, why is she, like, so... I, it, like, like, uh... I don't know. Like Should they're be. like they almost have like like Funko Pop proportions or something, right? Like it's like why your your little bodies are so like big and your heads are so round. Like the like the whole aesthetic of this game looks ten out of ten. Um and it's like, oh man, I, I cannot wait to play this game. Um 
yeah, but like you know, once again, another game coming out this year. So I, that, this the thing that I appreciate insane, about dude, this fall is going to be brutal. Oh, uh, let's see. So yeah, no, you're right. Um, I don't have enough money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, please, I'm like, I feel like even if you have the budget, the time is going to just be such a challenge here because it's like again. This is October. This is November. We already have Spider-Man is out in October. Starfield will have been out the month before. Nobody's finishing that in September, no right? Like, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's nuts. And, is, and, is, is there such a thing as too much good stuff? No. Yes, no, no. there is. I mean, yeah. there isn't, right? It's like, what a, what a privileged problem to have. But, like, there is a point where, like, you just, you can't keep up. You know, and it's like, that sucks. It sucks when there's things. Because it's like, it's one thing to have a year where you're like, oh, man, was so busy. You know, there were so many games that were for me. I didn't get to go try things. I didn't get to try things I wouldn't try normally, right? That's usually yeah. the, the sign of a stacked year. But for me, I'm feeling like, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to play the things that are like capital FM for me. Like, these are my games, my genres, <laughs> my franchises. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to touch them all. Uh, I I am literally that's why I haven't touched Zelda yet. I'm just like you know, um, prioritizing my different games here. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you um, got but it, right? I would. That's why I didn't play. That's uh, why I haven't played Diablo or, or Star Wars yet. <laughs> I, I forgot about Star Wars. Oh my goodness! Uh-huh. Uh, it's it's that kind of year. It's that kind of year. Like like it has never been a better time to be a gamer. Um, and um, you know, just a slight pivot and um. Uh, topic here uh since we're on the rpg kick uh we got a little bit more uh details a little bit more views about the new persona 5 tactica game yeah uh which as a persona 5 simp i'm looking forward to it dude me too. <laughs> i mean th- this is like this is one of those things um that it's like this couldn't be more for me right like i love persona 5 and I love tactical RPGs. I'm a huge fan of, like, Fire Emblem and, like, you know, the XCOM-style games and stuff. I love it. Love it. So, I mean, I'm in. And I don't oh, know. Oh, wait. I don't it know if comes out this. the same day as Super Mario RPG. No, it doesn't. Oh. No. Oh. Why would they even put this in the showcase? <laughs> like, how would you like to choose between these two exceptionally for you RPGs, Pete and Ken? How are you going to deal with this? I don't know. I'm just going to buy them both. I'm going to buy them both. We'll see what happens. Oh, man. Oh, I, I, I wish I didn't have to work. <laughs> I know. Did you, oh, uh, oh, man. Did you hear the, the, um, the, I don't know if it's confirmed. I just saw it. I think it's a rumor right now. Um, but that both Akechi and, um, uh, oh, my God. What's her name? The uh, the redhead from Royal. Sumari, uh yeah 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 that uh that that, yeah. that they're both gonna be in it as well. I mean, based on like, cause that this is just a rumor, like they have photos, so I'm pretty confident. Unless those are really well done fake mockups, that it's Kasumi, real. That's and name. also, uh, spoilers. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it at that. But um, uh, oh, what was I about to say? You Jesus, got distracted. <laughs> you got distracted thinking about okay. Persona Five. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, so the guy who leaked uh the Persona 3 remake and the Tactica game and all this other stuff like a week and a half before it came out like well in advance along with a bunch of details about those games that later turned out to be true. 
um, leaked that there were going to be DLC characters, right? Okay. He didn't leak anything in terms of the story, but they did say that in an interview uh, that was like translated. I forget um, who uh, did the interview in Japan, but they said that this is a direct sequel to Persona 5 Royale, uh, which is nice because if you look at Persona 5 Strikers, that was made alongside uh, Royale. That um, so it's me a out, sequel. Dude. Yeah, so it's like a sequel, but they don't acknowledge anything of the the stuff that they added in Royal. But with this one, it's like it's a direct sequel to that. And it wouldn't surprise me if they also introduced characters from Strikers into this one. Here's the f- and um my favorite thing about yeah. this Ken is that um, you know, like Strikers, it has me excited because I get to spend more time with the Phantom Thieves, but unlike Strikers, it's actually a kind of game that is fun. So I'm very excited about that. <laughs> Uh, did you beat Strikers? Or I not? sure didn't because I hate Musos. I bought it and I was like, <laughs> I'm going to suffer through it. I love Persona 5. I want the story. And I was like, I, I can't do this. I hate this so much. Oh, dude. I, I got the plot in that one. Um, I, I, I'm just a Persona fiend. Like, uh, I, I, I got the plot in that royal and the dancing game. That's how you know I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I've never played dancing all night. I haven't done that one. But with that, that game's fun. It's I, fun. <laughs> I've genuinely thought about going back and finishing Strikers, but like more and more I'm like I just might just have to just watch that on YouTube. I might just have to just watch the cutscenes because I want to know what happens, but I just don't want to play this game. I don't like I don't like Musos. Yeah, I, I typically don't either, but when you added the Persona Flair, I was just like, you son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you know I love the I, Phantom Thieves, so I'm I'm all about that. And I platinum that. Yeah. I platinum the real game, so, you know. I, you know, I might, Fair not, enough. I might not be, like, the number one fan, but I'm legit, you know. Just want to Yeah, I, I, I just need Persona 5 Arena, uh, and then we can get on to Persona 6. Like, I just need what. I know a lot of people are like, we don't need any more spinoffs. Just give me Persona 6. I was like, well, actually, give me one more spinoff and then Persona 6. Because <laughs> uh, Persona 4 Arena was that gas, that fire. Like, that was John was at Evo. <laughs> like, uh, I, listen, I, I know um, Arc System Works is busy these days. But if they can just find it in their heart to just, like, squeeze out a little extra time and make the sequel to the best fighting game, I'd appreciate it. My boy um, needs it. But now I'm, now, I'm, now I'm getting way too off topic. This is supposed to be about Nintendo, baby. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's let's steer it back to Mario because we also got uh, the announcement of a new WarioWare game, which I gotta say I was very surprised by, uh, because we've already got a WarioWare on the Switch, and it was not that long ago. So like the fact that another one is already out is pretty surprising. But um, you know what? What else is surprising? The fact that they had this whole section for the new WarioWare. And they're just letting that one two switch sequel just like die. Dude, uh, it's <laughs> so funny to me that like that was they didn't put that in here. They didn't they haven't talked about all. it. They literally are just like, we are real embarrassed of this game. Please don't buy it. <laughs> well, buy it, but yeah, don't no. ever talk about it. <laughs> Give us money and then please forget it. It's just like because they they must know that WarioWare is where it's at. And I can't imagine these games not to belittle the hard work that goes into game development at all but i can't imagine a warrior being an extremely expensive game to make if you know what i mean like compared to a new mario game or the new zelda i, I feel like they can pump it out a little bit quicker yeah i think that's probably fair to say just because it's like you're making a bunch of mini games but it's, I, I really don't have any concept of like what that costs honestly um but, but yeah I think you're, you're definitely right to say that it takes a lot less time and energy than like something like tears of the kingdom or whatever right like yeah and that's why we're getting two of these games in two years yeah. Which and is it's like great it, though i mean yeah i think this, so, like, this game looks still... really fun like I, I know the last one 
uh, Chewy, you know, one of the the original co-hosts of uh, Nintendo Noise, was a big fan of it and, and enjoyed it quite a bit. I don't think it hit with the broader audience as much, but I think now would be a great time for it. Like, you know, lockdown is done. People can go outside again. Like, I, looking Hang at out this, with their friends face-to-face. Yeah, looking at this, this looked like a fun party game. And, like, the friends I watched the Direct with were like, I would like to get this and play this, like, at a party, right? And I think that's the bar it needs to hit. Yeah, and, and like, at the end of the day, uh, and the reason I say uh, budget is because I've been looking at uh, movie statistics and box office figures and things like that and how much it costs to, like, make and return on investments. Yeah. And it's similar but different with video games. So I said to say, this game doesn't need to sell 3 million copies. Like, if this has a strong, loyal fan base, I can see us getting a new WarioWare every couple of years, and I'm about that life. Yeah. Uh, just keep adding, like, crazier, like, weirder mini games. I'm about that life. This one's um, got no. over 200, which they said, too, which sounds pretty fucking cool. Like, there's, there's quite, it seems like there's oh, quite wow. a bit to do. A lot of the ones they showed off I thought looked really fun um, or, or, like, funny, you know? Like, they, they look like a lot of them have that, like, Jackbox quality of, like, some of these are actually fun games, and some of these are just, like, funny to do in a room with your friends and, like, be goofing around and laughing at, you know? And, like, oh, everybody's, like, you know, having to, like, make, like, like the thing that they showed off, right? Where it was, like, the guy just, like, shaking his, you know, his butt while he's, like, yes. dancing with the Joy-Cons and stuff. It's just, like, it's just Or the funny. one where you're, like, trying to try your back and you're yeah, trying to, like, doing yeah. this. Yeah, like, that's just cute, like, right? Like, that's the kind of stuff where, like, you have a couple of friends over, you played at Thanksgiving with your family, like, and you get those, like, it's, classic Wii moments, you know, of, like... This This is exactly what Nintendo wanted to do ever since the Wii. Just, like, make games that brings the family together yeah. and friends together. And, like, like it's a community game. Like, that is a good... Um, I don't want to say top-off to the Direct, but it was a real nice thing to see, a real nice surprise. And again, um, right, but wait. this is another game we did not know about, had not heard about, and, and it's out in and November. And it comes out this year. Like, oh, November is so, November is so stacked. We have Starfield, WarioWare... Persona. Well, Starfield September. Mario. Oh, September. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I'm okay. You see, um, I, I got that all the way wrong. Wrong. No, you're good. Cause um, we, we've been talking about how there's all these dates in that three month window. There's, there's, so I don't believe you know, there's so much stuff coming around. out. I think it's the sixth. I think is the date on that one. But yeah, I, I yeah, Wario's coming out the sixth. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't keep um, them all all straight anymore. Yeah, Wario. Oh, speaking Wario's on November sixth, but you're about to tee up the next one. Go for it. Yeah, but like, you know, speaking of surprises, once again, back-to-back bangers, I did not see Detective Pikachu 2 coming in. This is a game, Steve and I have been talking about this game for years, because they announced that this game was in development back when we were at Loot Pots, like, years ago, and then they never talked about it again. Like, it's like, I think this game has been mentioned, like, twice, and we were like, is this dead? Like, did they just kill this game, and they're not ever gonna put it out? Like, where did it go? They never made another movie. Like, what happened with Detective Pikachu? And the movie was incredibly successful. I know like, it's weird. Over four hundred million dollars. And then it's just like, um, and, and then it's just like out of nowhere. It's like, oh, by the way, it's done, and it's out in October. It's like, okay, cool, great. Like, but what the fuck? Like, what, what happened? Yeah, I see. I'm I'm curious about this one, right? Because I know that the I know, to be fair, I haven't played the first Detective Pikachu. I saw the movie, Me loved the movie, but I haven't played the game, right? Uh, when it first came out, it didn't necessarily get rave reviews. Like, it was okay. Um, and the fact that it's coming kind of radio silent and it's just, like, dropping. It was a nice surprise. Nice to toss in. Yeah. Um, but I'm really curious how this game will actually be in terms of, like, 
I don't, don't want to say quality, but you know what I mean. I don't know. Yeah, like I, it's it's really hard for me to to understand because like I I so looking at the first one, I'm trying to figure out. So it looks like on Metacritic, the original has a 71. Um, the highest review I'm seeing from it, Nintendo Life gave it an eight. Uh, IGN gave it an eight point two, but most of the other reviews seem to trend like in the sevens or sixes. I mean, looking at this trailer, that's what that looks like to me. It looks like it's more a a, a six or a seven type game, not a you know a, a must play, a classic or anything like that. But I don't know because it's I, like. I've... It looks goofy as hell and very silly, but I I like that kind of thing. So I could see myself giving it a shot. And if it's funny and it knows that it's goofy and it's like, like we're going to lean into how silly this is and do something silly and fun and kind of different for the Pokemon universe. I like that idea in theory, but it's like, I don't know, dude. Like, I don't, I don't know if this is going to be also coming out during such a stacked month. Like, I, I guess no like, when we get to the launch. end here, no, no. But I guess when we get to the end here, uh, we should pick one game that I think that is just going to get like lost in the shuffle. Um, yeah. And I feel like that will probably be Detective Pikachu. Not counting like the obvious stuff like some of these just games, man. Like, I just I I know that you need to put games out at some point, and that like the pandemic like pushed a lot of games back and and yada yada yada. But it's like in the same breath. I don't understand why all these games are like rushing out to be put out in a fall that is so full. The fact that Nintendo has what five games in this show, four games in this show that are coming out in a three month period is like, what are you doing? Yeah, it's You're advertising multiple games that are coming out on the same day. <laughs> that seems oh crazy. man, I, I I still can't get over the fact that Persona Four comes out or five comes out that same day. Um, but I will say this, uh, at least with Persona, it's a multi-platform game. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so if you don't have a Switch, uh, people who have like an Xbox or PlayStation will probably eat that up. Uh, so maybe that's why that's I didn't Xbox, consider that. I'm pretty sure it's coming to Game Pass Day 1. Yeah, it is. That in the Persona 3 uh, remake, Game Pass Day 1. Yeah. So I guess like that's where it will kind of like feast. Uh, and I'm also curious to see... Well, I guess to be fair, those type of games typically don't sell super well on Xbox anyway. Uh, I was going to say how that would hurt the sales for people who have Xbox as far as playing it on Game Pass versus just buying the game. Um, yeah, but I mean, that's but, the thing, know, right? Like, the fact that it's on Game Pass, like, they got money up front for that. So I'm sure that offsets, like, because to your point, that game probably wouldn't sell as well on Xbox as it would on Switch or regardless. PlayStation anyway, just naturally. But I bet you because it's on Game Pass, you'll get a lot of people that go play it on Xbox instead of because I'll play it on Xbox because I have Game Pass, right? When am I going to go pay for it? I can't afford all these games. We were just talking about this. <laughs> so, yeah, of course, I'll play that one for free there, even though I may, I'd probably rather play it on Switch. But like, whatever. Who cares? Yeah, it's like if it's $60, $60. Like, what's up? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, um, I'd rather save the money. Yo, facts, facts. And uh, speaking of not saving money, though, Pikmin 4. Oh, baby, dude. This, so this is one of the, like... Next month. This is a huge one for me. I'm a, I'm a really big Pikmin fan. Um, I, think, I think how much of a Pikmin fan I am is often undersold. I don't think people recognize my Pikmin love enough. Um, I, this game's been in development for, like, 10 years. I'm so excited to finally play this game. Has it been that long, really? I mean, think, um, so Pikmin 3 came out on Wii U in 2012 or 2013. I can't exactly remember. 
Um, 2013. No, you're right. It has been a decade. Miyamoto's been talking about it like since then, basically. Like every, he's like, all right, it's coming. We're working on it. It's coming. <laughs> and I mean, the the, I, the work I think speaks for itself because looking at this, this was the first real extended look we've gotten at it, which again is crazy. I can't believe how little Nintendo is showing games before they come out now. Um, they've really seemingly changed their strategy there a bit, but they, they said the, we know you're going to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I, also, I guess they probably don't want to get bit. Like they did with the Metroid stuff where like they're afraid of announcing things too soon. They would rather be like, hey, this is imminent. Go pre-order it now than be like, oh, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Um, but yeah, this this was the biggest like extended look we got of it. And we we got a lot of information about how um, uh, uh, Ochi works or Uchi. Ochi. Who, I, I, oh, I love with- him. I think he's adorable. I want him to get an amiibo so bad. Uh and like they showed off the like the Dandori battle mini games and stuff, which is kind of an evolution of some of the two player stuff that was in three. Like they they showed off a lot of really interesting environments, like stuff that's like seemingly taking place like indoors and houses and stuff, which has a lot of interesting implications for the lore of Pikmin, and I'm kind of excited to see like how that goes. They have a whole underground area, like it's freaking Tears of the Kingdom, yes. and they revealed that you're going to be able to do um, expeditions at night, which is the first ever for the series as well. So there's a lot here that is like, uh, even like the RPG elements where you're like upgrading your character, level and your up Ochi and things like that. Yeah, and like having the ability of like when you find the um, the other like crew members that are lost. You can bring them back to your base, and then, like, that gives you abilities to, like, unlock new things you can do at base camp. Those are all brand new features that, like, are really meaningful additions to the formula. So, um, this is my history with Pikmin, right? Uh, the first Pikmin uh, was a game I got when I got my GameCube. I think it was a launch game, even, right? Um, I played the heck out of Pikmin 1. Um, but, you know, nine-year-old Kenny had mashed potatoes for brains, so I never got past, like, getting the, uh, blue Pikmin and just, like, replaying the first three parts of the game over and over because I couldn't beat it. So I have this, like, really weird love-hate relationship where I was, like, I was basically bashing my head against the wall for hours, but I loved every minute of it, and then I just never played another Pikmin since. (laughs) So I think after watching this trailer, um... I think this might be the this might be the game to get me back into it. I don't know. I, Dude, you gotta I get think back. This into might it. be the you one. You gotta get back into it. And I gotta say, I'm really excited because I feel like there was some talk about like we were talking about it earlier on the this year about like is this game gonna struggle is to find an audience. I've been really pleased to see how many folks have that I know that have never played Pikmin that are like this is gonna be my first one. I'm in. It looks fun. Um, like it, over on the Discord, um, Sierra uh, was actually saying that that she wants to pick it up now, and I'm like really excited about that right i'm excited to have other people on the show that want to talk about it with me you know um yeah you're getting more people to join your pikmin cult pete Uh (laughs) yeah dude people for the ethical treatment of pikmin guys that's that's my that's my pikmin fan club um yeah i i i'm all about this uh i'm very excited that it's 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 only it's like a month away as of today right so we're we're right up on it now um yeah and pikmin one and two yeah are available today which is very, very cool. Today. Um, very, very cool. And uh, that actually takes us to a question from the question block. Uh, Armo from the Discord wrote in and said, continuing that arc, should I play Pikmin 1 or 2 before 4? So uh, a couple of weeks ago, Armo wrote in and was like, should I play 3 before getting into 4? I want to give 4 a shot. And I'll say the same thing that I said then. Pikmin 1, 2, and 3 are all 
great games. They're all good in their own right, and I think each of them is different enough from one another where it doesn't feel to me like a franchise where it's like, oh, 4 is coming out. It's not worth playing the old ones. You just play the new one. I think they're all worth playing, um, but I don't think you have to play any of them to appreciate 4. So I think if you're excited for 4, I would say pick up 4 at launch and play it, and then if you dig it, go and play the old older ones after that because I want to signal to Nintendo that Pikmin is an S-tier franchise that they need to pay more attention to. So we got to buy that new game, okay? Yeah, so um, simply because I only played the first one, you played all three of them, right? You wouldn't say that playing three or four and then going back to the first two would make the first two more rough around the edges or like not as enjoyable? I, I don't think so. Because I, I think... I know they added quality of life things. I'm yeah, sure. and that's the thing, right? Is like there are going to be changes. There's going to be quality of life stuff that's different. There's going to be things that maybe you get used to that are going to change or whatever. And like, you know, that always comes with a curve to some degree. But I think what's really cool about Pikmin is I think each game meaningfully builds on the mechanics of the last one. But I think it's very similar to the conversation Steve and I had about Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom earlier this year, where it's like, is Tears of the Kingdom so good that it makes Breath of the Wild obsolete? And I think no, because the way that you solve problems is so different in those games, right? Because completely different tool set. You have a different tool set, exactly. And like in in each Pikmin, right? Like you get introduced to new kinds of Pikmin, right? Like in this game, we got to first look at, at uh, the new breed that we're going to meet. And I mean, maybe there's more than one, but there's at least one um, that are called uh, like glow Pikmin. And they, they look, they're like little ghosts and you can like combine them into like a big charge shot energy ball and fling them. And, and then they all just swarm. And they already come out at night too. Yeah. Which is kind of a yeah, cool uh, which mechanic like, that's something extra to it. Yeah, so, like, that's how you'll get to do the—you can use them during the night missions and everything, and, like, their hives are getting attacked by, like, monsters, and, like, you can, like, help them out there, and it's—that seems really cool. Um, But, yeah, so to, like, take it back, you know, like, in the first game, right, like, you only have one playable character, and all of the the puzzles are, like, very much about, like, time management, and you can only do stuff during the day, and, like, what are you going to get done, and how are you going to move towards your goal, and there's, like, a, a, a— time element to to the journey that you're on and then the second one there's two playable characters and like that switched things up like in terms of crowd control and how you you know manage combat and everything like that evolved that and then the third game is about there's four main characters and you you can take them all around the map so you can like be doing things in multiple places at different times and i see so and like this game that's not seemingly that's not a, a mechanic here so like even if you played this and then you went back and played Pikmin 3, yeah, there might be some quality of life stuff where you're like, okay, this is different, this isn't that, and you'll have to learn, but, like, the... Nothing that would take away from what makes yeah, it unique and special and the enjoyable. The core mechanics are, are different and unique entry to entry in a way that is cool. Like, the core base of it of how you use the Pikmin and how you collect resources and use your time and everything, that doesn't change, but the types of problems you're trying to solve and how you solve them are different enough that i think i think there really is value in playing the whole series and now that it's all available on switch it, you know it's, it's such a, a a great opportunity now for folks to like get into it for the first time which i think is really exciting and it's out today like digitally it comes out physically i think next month uh pikmin one and two it's uh, uh it's actually in september um 
Oh, September? Yeah, uh, Armo uh, wrote in and said, they didn't mention it in the direct, but a physical version is coming on September 22nd, and I was able to confirm that uh, via uh, IGN and Nintendo.com. So September 22nd is when you'll be able to get the physical release, but you, know, you can go get the digital right now. So, I mean, again, I would say, it, like, if you're already a Pikmin fan and you're going to go replay them, like uh, I saw Doc in the Discord was talking about being excited to go replay Pikmin 2, awesome. If you're, I want to try Pikmin for the first time, get it on four. Get it on four. Yeah, just wait a month. Yeah, it's fair enough. Fair enough. Because I, um, I, I want, I want them, I really want this game to sell well and show that like Pikmin is a franchise that deserves to stick around. Because I feel like it's true. one of those like, it's one bad game away from getting Star Foxed. And I don't want that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like this this franchise has been going on for 22 years. Jeez. Um, that, that makes me feel old, damn. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, speaking of collections, Pete, my man, you got to play Metal Gear Solid. Yo, so Metal, Metal Gear Solid Metal Gear Volume Solid. 1 uh, coming to Switch. Uh, so here's the thing. I, I, Steve and I have talked about how neither of us have ever played Metal Gear Solid. I really think I want to give it a go. Like, it feels like a real gap for me that I'd like to try to fill. And, like, this, I think this collection, whether I play it on Switch or, or wherever, feels like a good way to do it. Because it's like, you've got uh, MGS 1, 2, and 3, and then they have the Metal Gear games, um, like the original ones, and then they have the NES Metal yeah. Gear, and then the other NES Snake title. I forget what it's called. And then, uh, and then a bunch Revenge. of, like, extra things like uh in book text uh about the stories like basically a metal gear solid encyclopedia included with the game granted you don't touch that you don't look at it until you beat all the games but <laughs> still like it, um it feels like a great package for like if you're a, a longtime fan it feels like a rewarding way to like revisit it and if you're a new person it feels like a good way to kind of like really appreciate the history and and like kind of all the context for it you know seems like a really good package for you know yeah, for what it is and and I'm hoping, like, I know they're going to come out with Volume 2 regardless, right? But I just hope, like, this package is so good that it gets me hopeful for the Volume 2. Because Metal Gear Solid 4 specifically has been stuck behind a PS3 since it came out. I know. And that's a tragedy. I love Metal Gear Solid 4. It was such a good conclusion. So, uh, I mean, for <laughs> Volume 2, what? You got to imagine it would be Metal Gear Solid 4 and 5 and then um, Peace Walker, right? Peace Walker. Yeah. Probably uh, those ones, definitely. Oh, and then um, um and then Ground Zero, probably, right? That was the the, the short game that was the, the prequel. The prequel Ground Zeroes. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if they just do um Volume 2 as Peace Walker and 4, since um five and ground zeros is already so readily available that's true. on modern day consoles yeah um they they could bone it together but i, I just feel like it's not needed uh it's a couple of years with, old now though you could give it like the 4k 60 fps up, update type thing true true they can they can uh spit and shine it but at the end of the day hideo kojima has nothing to do with this so uh they're not going to add anything Real extra besides no. some polish, you know what I mean? Which, like, I and, think uh, is is fine. You know, like they're they're already yeah. doing the they're doing the Delta remake of of three, and like that's. You I know. feel so weird about that game. Uh, not slightly off topic here, but they're literally just using. They have all the original voice actors coming back because yeah. they're just using the same audio files from the original game, and they say it's going to be one to one remake. But it's like the the best remakes uh, bring things up to modern day. But they also polish it. They've added something new. They make it something modern. Yeah. Uh, they need to 
they they need to do something with Delta to make it worthwhile. It's- and if they make any changes to Delta without Hideo Kojima's involvement, there's a high probability it's going to be trash. You haven't played the Metal Gear Solid game, so you don't get it. But like this, very much is his brain, baby. Oh no, I, I, uh, that- I, I totally respect that. <laughs> I think I think the thing that's interesting for me though is like. And it's easy for me to say because I'm, like, on the outside of it, right? So, like, I'm not precious about Metal Gear as much as I respect it and yeah. I respect Kojima um, as, like, an auteur, right? Like, one of the great, you know, auteurs of of games. Um, it's interesting to me that people feel like no one else can, like, polish his work. Because I, I feel like the idea of, like, adding things or whatever, like, yeah, I think that you don't do that. But I, the idea that they can take Metal Gear Solid 3 and, like, do for it what Toys for Bob did for, like, the Spyro trilogy or, like, uh, what happened with the Crash Insane trilogy with um, Vicarious Visions, rest in peace, uh, or, or to, to a, a lesser extent, because they did iterate on it more, what they did with Metal, uh, not Metal Gear Solid, excuse me, with Tony um, Hawk. Not that, but yes. Um, I was going to say um, Resident Evil, like the RE2 remake, True. right? Where it's like, it it is more or less the same game, but it also isn't, you know? Like, it's like, it's like yeah. how do you take that? How do you take the same beats, the same, you know, vibe, the same tone, art style, like the feel of it, and then make it feel like people this is the thing i always think you want to do with a remake right there's two ways to go about it you either do right the from the ground up remake where it's like we're going to take this thing and re-envision it as something new that is spiritually the same which i think is like the resident evil thing um or you want to do the crash bandicoot spyro thing which is i want to make this game feel like people remember it rather than how it actually is right true and that i think is doable I think that they can do that with the the RE or uh, the Metal Gear Three remake because I, I if if you're telling me that all they're gonna do is like we're gonna remake it, it's gonna be exactly the same in terms of everything that's important, but it's gonna look a little sm- smoother, it'll it'll run better, it'll have auto save, it'll have other like quality of life things that you come to expect from a video game that comes out in 2023. That might be okay. Yeah, it's just like the weird thing, and the reason people are so meticulous with Hideo Kojima specifically, and you'll realize this once you actually play the games, is that he is a devil in the details, every little thing, to the point that, like, you know, <laughs> in Metal Solid 5, like, the, the horses poop on, on like, a time-based cycle, like, like little <laughs> details like that, that no normal game developer would even think of, are included in these games, and it's they have all these little details that tie directly into a highly complicated story. Like you're, you're spoiled about a couple of little things, but like, it's way more than that. It's, it's yeah. freaking crazy of uh, the stories. Uh, so the idea of someone messing with those details, um, is why people are hesitant without having him to at least overview. I understand. It. Even though someone primarily had it and he was an advice. Yeah. Yeah. And but, I, I definitely understand hesitance. I think it's, it's the assertion that no matter what, it'll be bad if he's not involved where I'm like, Let's give it a shot. Because there are also people that worked on the game on this team, right? So it's like all credit to Hideo, but like he's not the only person that made the game, right? So, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. We'll see what happens. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. That next game's not coming out on the Switch, so we should probably pivot. <laughs> yeah. But worst case scenario, 
we got this. We have a really nice, faithful True. package for these games that is awesome. And I really appreciate that they are selling it a la carte as well. If you don't want to buy the collection, you can just buy each individual game. That's rare with some of these. Oh, really? Yeah, some of the classic remasters like that. So that's really cool. That's I appreciate that. That is cool. Yeah, no, like that's dope. Um, so like as I, I think I feel like we hit all the big major announcements. We do. Like we got some Pokemon DLC. And hold um, on, hold on. I'm gonna cut you off right there because oop. we're gonna talk about that Pokemon DLC. In just a second, because I got to remind you that this episode of Nintendo Noise is brought to you by our Patreon producers for the month of June. They are, of course, Arnold J. Rimmer, Christopher Valenz, Earth Visitor, Gabriel Hasselmeyer, a.k.a. Asobi, Snackago, Ty the Dude, and Wakahula. Thank you all so much for your support over on Patreon.com slash Games. You're all the reals to the real, and we greatly appreciate your support of this and all of our sister shows. If you want to write in and be a part of the show. You want to get the show early. You want to get your name read on the air. All kinds of good perks and goodies. Guess what? You can find all that and much more over at our website, flipscreen.games, where you will find links to our Patreon, our Discord, where you can keep the conversation rolling between episodes, the question block, where you can write in just like people did for this week's show, and a bunch of other stuff. However you choose to get involved, join the community, or write into the show, we thank you for tuning in to another episode of Nintendo Noise. So, <laughs> you said it. Let's get back into it. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, Hidden Treasure of Area Zero has gotten another look. And I got to say, I understand why they kicked off the direct here because I don't feel like this had another good place in the show. I feel like yeah. they did not need to show this because it gave us zero new information. It was just new shots of stuff that we've already heard about. And it didn't make me more hype. In fact, it made me less hype. Because I, when they initially announced this DLC, Ooh. I had... Fi- and you and I haven't gotten to talk about this, right? Because my journey nah. with Pokemon Scarlet's been a, a long, winding road. And you're the key part of it. Because what happened was, right? Game releases, it's a mess. I had loved Arceus at the beginning of the year. And in frustration and protest, I didn't pick up Scarlet. <laughs> I didn't play it until earlier this year when you graciously bought me a copy. And I really ended up having fun with it once I was able to kind of get past its obvious failings, right? What it's not. Um, but I got to tell you, right? I, and when they announced this DLC, I was like, yo, all right, like I'm playing that game right now. I'm having fun with it. I'm down to get back into it. Looking at, at this trailer, I'm like, I'm not going to play this. Because I, like, I didn't play the Sword and Shield DLC either. I bought it and I, I played Isle of Armor or whichever the first one was. And yeah. I got 75% of the way through it, 50% of the way through it, and I bounced off. And it's just like, I don't really want to, I don't know that I want it. And, like, I think if it was a softer year, sure. Like, dude, what do you think? I'm going to play this in the fall? When's this come out? I forget the date. <laughs> but it's like, it's right in the middle of all uh, this crap. Both come out this year. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think that if you're specifically into, uh, and currently into, the competitive Pokemon scene, because like competitive Pokemon battling is completely different than playing this single player game. Right? Absolutely. And um, don't get me wrong. Seeing, I'm doing a lot of that and I'm having a great time with it. Yeah. So the cool thing with the DLC here is that, you know, it, lots of controversies with the uh, last game. They cut out some uh, Pokemon didn't make it into the sequel. Right. Um, Talcos. So with this. Yeah. Um, so this game brings a lot of the older Pokemon back into the game and that fundamentally changes the meta of the competitive scene. So if you're like a hardcore Pokemon like competitive battler, like this is up your alley. But I will but say like, that beyond that, 
the but, actual zones themselves that they showed off, they don't seem as um, what's the word I'm looking for? Exciting? No. You know what I mean? And, it, it, like and, it doesn't it isn't like I'm going to like this weird, like crazy futuristic city. Like what they should have done, because the whole concept, um, spoiler alert, Pokemon if you care, um, there's a time travel in uh Scarlet and Violet, right? Uh, there's a time machine. That's how you get these prehistoric Pokemon in the game. Right. And that's how you get some Pokemon in the future, depending on which version that you get. What they should have done is had the DLCs be based in the past and in the future and showed off the different worlds and how they yeah, would give look. Give me more Pokemon. That would and give us more Pokemon in the process. That yeah. would have been dope. But now we're exploring like these two areas that look like what is it, like a giant ship, okay? Well, um, it's like... And like another open area, okay. And, and, and I don't it's care. Like... <laughs> I feel bad saying this, but it's story driven and like Pokemon stories suck. They're not good. And like, I love Pokemon. I love the world of Pokemon. I love the Pokemon. Uh, well, some of the seasons of the Pokemon anime, I've read plenty of Pokemon stories that I really enjoy. Uh, it's possible to tell good stories in this universe. Game Freak just hasn't really figured it out. And like, I don't feel super motivated to play two DLCs in the fall and winter of this year, which are stacked. And like, you made the point about competitive, but it's like, I don't need to play through that content to use those Pokemon, like, or to engage with the metagame, which is the part that I like. Pokemon showdown, baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and also I'm pretty sure like, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know. Cause I bought the DLC for the last game. If I don't own the DLC, it's not like I can't use those Pokemon. They're still added to the game. So if you don't have the DLC, you can't catch the Pokemon, but they can be traded to Exactly. You. And uh, like, so you know, uh, spoiler alert, there are ways to get Pokemon that aren't catching them. So, you know, it's like, <laughs> I don't really, like, do I need to do that? Like, if I really want those Pokemon, I could go on a Discord and get somebody to trade me the Pokemon that I need. And it's, you know, like, I'll keep, so, doing, I'll keep playing competitive because I enjoy that. But I don't know that I'm going to fit in two Pokemon story DLCs when I've got all literally five other games from this direct that I'm going to be competing for my attention. Playing this year. Yeah. Like I wish legends Arceus got a DLC update that that I, game. No. I would have been gassed for DLC. I wanted a battle tower in it so bad. Cause there's like no trainer battles. Give us a bat. And they, they added more battles at the little place you can go to in the town and everything. That was cool. But like, a Battle yeah. Tower DLC for that would have been so fucking awesome. And I really hope they make another Legends game. And I also don't know that they ever uh, I hope so. Uh, listen, Legends sold very well, and it was um, critically a success. Yeah. So I I feel like they would be foolish not to. You'd think. Um, but you, you, but I, like, I, you'd think uh, that about Pokemon Let's Go, right? Like, you thought Let's Go Jota was a thing that would have happened by now, but it didn't. Yo, True. Like, Arceus might just be, like, lightning in a bottle. That was, yeah, it might <laughs> what be. A, what a bright flame. <laughs> I mean, um, but, but I think... Would you say... Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, so would you say that you still prefer the DLC uh, method of expanding these games? Or yes. do you want them to go back to what they did before, like, no. the third version? No, I, thought that was I, I don't... I, I, it's tough. Because back in the day, I think a lot of the third versions were some of the best games, right? Like... The, the crystal emerald you know like platinum especially like those games are fire and i think for me though when you look at the last couple generations i think they've gotten really weak like sun and moon versus ultra sun and ultra moon 
the the amount of difference is just not enough to warrant me replaying an entire game, especially when that game was so story driven and that Pokemon is a little more like story heavy. It's like I don't really want to do that. It I don't think Pokemon is as replayable as it used to be. And I don't think that that's a nostalgia or me being old thing because I play the new games and I enjoy the new games, but like you can't get the After same 20 amount years. Out of it. They're not they're not as or uh, more than the, the modern games, right? Are not as focused on battling as they used to be. They're more focused on capturing and that's not as fun to do a second time. Like true. When, back in the day, and I, like I'm sure you were the same way, right? Like when I wanted to play a Pokemon game again, it would be like, all right, like, which one am I going to play again? And then, like, what's the thing I'm going to do, right? Like, oh, this time I'll only use not fully evolved Pokemon. I'll use a Pokemon, a team that's monotype. I'll use this team. I'll use the team Ash used in the anime. I'll do, you know, like, you. I'm going to start with a, uh, I'm not going to use a regular starter. I'm going to trade myself a Pokemon and use that as a starter. Like, you would go through those, at least I would, and I know a lot of players did, yeah. right? You go through those iterations, whereas, like, now, you know, at least for me, like, I hit that point where it's like, yeah, like, I don't want to do this stuff again. It was it was fun enough once, but, like, there hasn't been a Pokemon game since Arceus where the first time I played it through, I was like, oh, this is, like, an 8 or higher, right? Like, it's, like... Like, you know. aside from Arceus, the last one I can think of would probably be, like, that I really got back into Pokemon was X and Y. Like, I loved X and Y so much. Mega Even Evolutions, that, though, baby. I, I don't want to replay those games, though, because, again, it's like there's so much dialogue. You know, there's there's so much True. that is just like, what are we doing here, man? You know? And, like, I, it's the 3DS era is where I think all the problems with Pokemon, like, really came Started to a head. To shine. Yeah. And it's like, I think we're moving back in the right direction now, but it's, I don't know, it's tough. Because it's I, I think it's like, it's trying to serve all these different masters now right like there's the old heads that want it to be a certain thing they want it to be the new accessible game for kids they want to speak to the folks that just want to catch pokemon that play pokemon go they want to speak to the the competitive hardcore audience that wants it to be a turn-based rpg which is you know not a popular thing anymore like it it wants to be all these different things and i think it needs to like spread out it needs to become multiple series that each have a different goal and that's so like the way forward the tricky part with pokemon is that it's not just a game series it's a multi-faceted corporation if yeah. you know what i mean yeah it's a multimedia they come up with the games conglomerate you know yeah that's why it comes out like clockwork every year why they never take an extra year or two to develop a game because the, with the games comes the new anime and the new cards and it feeds into pokemon go uh, but it all ties back to the game. If you delay the game a year, uh, it, it delays the type of new Pokemon you can release this in cards thing, a year. Though. I it think it delays everything. Because you're right. But I think that's changing, right? You look at the last couple seasons of the anime, right? After the Sun and Moon anime, they moved away from it being like, oh, the next season is the next game. Like, they, they moved towards a more like, oh, like, this one's global. And, like, he's traveling all over to the different regions. And it's this and it's that. And, like... Now they're doing the DLC thing, and it's like, hey, we don't need to make a new game. We can just make new content, and that'll have new Pokemon that we can make new stuff with and new cards. And, and, and like, you get that same cycle, but you're not as on the treadmill. And, like, they're bringing in now a second studio to do the remakes, right? Like, the, the Diamond and Pearl remakes were done by a different team. I hope that they— We don't talk about those remakes. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think they get a bad rap, but 
you know, it's, I don't know, it's tough. Your mileage may vary. But I, I feel like... Sorry. Ho- no, 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 you're good. Hopefully they're they're moving away from that and that it is going to get to a point where it's more sustainable and, like, these games can just have a little more room to breathe. Because, like, you you can still put out a Pokemon game every year and have these development cycles be longer. There's a way to do that. Like, Call of Duty figured it out. Why can't Pokemon? It has, yeah. they have the resources. It's it's a lack like, of desire and a lack of market pressure, right? Is that so? How did the most broken game they've released since the first game is also the best selling game in the, the fran or the second one of the best selling games in the franchise, right? So how did they get away with Arceus? Because that came out the same year as Scarlet and Violet. Like, did they? They yeah, have game. They have multiple they... teams. Um, they they, they uh adopted like a a, a staggered development schedule where like the the team that made uh sword and shield was different than the team that made the dlc for sword and shield so i'm I'm imagining that it's like the handoff goes that way right like that team while they were working on dlc this team starts on rcs while rcs is getting wrapped up we start on this game while that's getting you know but that's the thing is rcs and uh scarlet violet were see you know they were seemingly developed at the same time just by two different teams, which is annoying because that's why you get a game that comes out after Arceus and ha- and feels like a step backward, right? Where it's like, where's all this, all these features that you introduced in Arceus that I got used to? Why don't I have them anymore? It's like, well, because we developed these at the same time and we couldn't react to the market. Because that's, you know. Yeah, it's, it's like, I feel like Arceus moved the franchise forward in so many ways. It was lacking a few key features, like, you know, to be blunt, multiplayer. I would have loved. I mean, to it's also, it was also ugly, right? Like, it's not a pretty yeah. game, but it was a good one, really good one. I it thought it's real good. Um, but like, I, I just want more of that now. <laughs> Give yep. me Arceus too. <laughs> Pokemon Legends, uh, Ho Oh. I don't know. <laughs> I feel. Uh, I feel like I. I mean, I, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be so down for that, dude. I would love a Pokemon Legends game like set in Johto. That would be so cool. Yeah. No. Like. Tie it back oh, to all the history. Needs to... There's so much history in that region. Yeah, you know, like all the legends. There's, there's, are... there's so much lore that you can do with Pokemon in general. Yeah. Uh, so much untapped territory. And and that's part of the reason why the Scarlet and Violet DLC is so disappointed. Because it literally has a time machine as part of the central plot in the story. And they don't take advantage of that. <laughs> <laughs> they, like, if they sent us into the past or into the far future, this would have been, I would have been hyped to the moon. Like, this would have been up there for me. Um, but as it looks right now, I'll, I'll get around to it eventually. Maybe it's maybe, a skip, dog. It's a skip. Too much stuff going but on. But talking about some DLC uh, that looks good, Mario Kart Eight uh, has gave us a look at the next wave of DLC. This is Wave Five, if you haven't been keeping up, and uh, this one has some cool stuff in it. We got um, the Squeaky Clean Spring course is like a new course that's coming with it, and then. Uh, we have Petey Piranha from Double Dash, Wiggler from Mario Kart 7, and then Kamek from Mario Kart Tour are all getting added. Great additions. Like, Petey Piranha, so, beloved, of course. So Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, with the DLC, it's basically becoming Smash Bros. Ultimate. Every track, every Everybody's character, here. everybody's here. Yeah. Like, like this, this, that is the closest equivalent I can give to this. Now, um, it's not that I dislike Mario Kart. Uh, you know, I, I play with friends, it's fun. 
Uh, but I don't like play it in my free time. I'm not like a huge Mario Kart fan. Uh, but I do appreciate and respect everything that they're doing with this DLC. Like, if you're a Mario Kart fan, like, you're just feasting for like months, years on end. It's right just now, nice right? that, like, considering that they, like, ne- you know, they've been milking this game for like a, over a decade at this point, you know, or, uh, or just about a decade, I guess, now. And that's nuts. And it's really cool that on the 10th anniversary of this game, basically, they're like, all right, we're going to get some new content, right? Like, let's let's at, let's make this uh the 0.5 you know that it that it uh kind of already was right like the, they had already added so much good stuff with the DLC for the Wii U release that came in deluxe when it came out right so the fact that they've been able to add you know like basically the the same amount of content that's in the main game basically through this DLC is really cool you know it's like you're at a point now where like Mario Kart 8 is, like, just such an incredible value, and it, it makes sense that people are still buying it. And if you have, like, the um, Nintendo Online Plus membership, you get the DLC free. So, like, mm-hmm. hey, that's a plus. Yeah, um, absolutely. Least, um, but now I'm curious, though. Um, where do you go from here? Because, like, you know, Mario Kart 9, let's just call it, can't go bigger. Like, you can't make a larger game than what Mario Kart Kart 8 Deluxe has become. I think it's so like, I think I it's going to have to really, like, it's going to have to take a big swing. You know, like, I think 8 feels like such a, like, this is perfect already. Like, how do you iterate from here? And, like, I think they're going it, to, it's, like, this is, like, going to sound like almost like a joke. But I, I think they're going to have to go, like, somewhere along the lines of, like, Diddy Kong Racing, where it's, like, oh, there's, there's new vehicles and that, like you you know like there's gonna have to be a gimmick that is like something new or maybe you go back to a well and you just take like okay we're gonna take the same system and mechanics and everything that we built out for Mario Kart Eight and then add in the double dash formula or something like that right like you see that they gotta I come up with something like that double dash double, double dash, dash was the one Mario Kart game I really rocked with I, I love double dash and even though this is an Mario Kart game I did love Diddy Kong Racing. Uh, I'm not huge into racing games in general, but those are the two. I that like and F-Zero are yeah, the ones that I Yeah, I'm not into I, racing uh, games with. broadly, but I, I, I do like kart racers. I was always a crash team racing guy, um, but I, Mario Kart 8 is probably the best kart racer made, right? That game's <laughs> awesome. I, I cannot even argue that in the least bit. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, speaking of, you know, bringing things back, uh, we got a few more details with that Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, uh, game, what was it called? Sonic Superstars. Superstars, yeah. Uh, that game looks clutch. And um, can, can you believe I... that we're getting a new 2D Mario and a new 2D Sonic that are like, it's new style, but also it's like harking back to the old thing that you love and miss. It's like, wow, damn, okay. Yeah, like, oh, man, it's, it's it's a great time to be a platforming fan, right? And really like, is. Sonic fans are feasting. They, they got... New 3D Sonic and new 2D Sonic within a year of each other. Like, that is, uh, <laughs> like, we're, we're eating well out here. And there's a rumor that there's going to be a fifth playable character uh, that I just find highly likely. Because if you look at some of the promotional images, there's always, like, an empty spot where an extra character can fit. So I'm really looking for And that also comes out this year. Uh, <laughs> unless yeah. they delay it. Because um, it says it comes out in fall of this year, I think it says. Um, yeah, fall of this year. I wouldn't be upset but if they delayed it. That would be okay. The only reason I'd be upset is because um, I drafted that game in my league, and that would be gut-wrenching. That I would be rough. Uh, 
I, I spent too much money on that game in my league when I should have been saving it for freaking Mario, apparently. Yeah, right. Uh, but you know, <laughs> if, I, if, if I had known this Nintendo Direct was coming, I would not have dropped like 30 game dollars on Sonic. <laughs> yeah. I would, have been, I would have doubled down on Mario, but yeah, no, someone else is going to snatch that up. Yeah, that but probably yeah, one of these days you need to... One of these days you need to get in on uh, our draft league, Pete, uh, next year, maybe. I've always wanted um, to do one. I've always wanted to do one of those. I kind of want to do one here fun. on the podcast, so maybe we, maybe you can help me get one off the ground. Yo, I got you, man. Uh, I, I'm down to be in two different leagues. <laughs> yeah, you can, bring um, your, you can bring your experience here and clean up. And that's the thing, Ken, because – and I, I can be honest with you, right, because we're old friends. I know you know, I know you know, uh, you know me, right? So – I, right. I I am the the current champion here for our predictions. This is the Embassy Trophy, right? Much like the uh, <laughs> Super Bowl trophy named after the 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 original two time winner uh, myself. And I've been saying <laughs> for ages that I want one of these jabronis that I work with here to like put up a fight, you know? Because they're like, oh, you know, he named the trophy after him. So it's like, well, yeah, why don't you win it something then? You know? So I would love to to set up a draft league. And and have some fucking competition for a change, you know? Because I believe that you'll come correct, you know? I think if you're going to take a swing, you got to make sure your arms are long enough to box with God. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Come correct? Not at all. Yo, you're exactly. playing a lot of big games for someone. So just because you got your predictions correct doesn't mean that you can draft games efficiently. Two different skill sets, man. And, you, uh, you're right, but I mean... I'm a zero-time winner. Prediction's certainly a part of it. So, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to bring my skill set to the challenge. Let's see how it goes. And here's the thing, Ken. Here's the thing. I'm a gracious, I'm a poor winner, gracious loser. You know, I'll happily, I'll happily uh, pat you on the back if you're able to beat me. But as long as everybody's going to show up and just keep tossing bricks, I mean, I got, you know, I'll be the heel that you need me to be. That's, that's where I'm at. So I think we got to, we got to get this off the ground for next year. Hey, yo, no, we'll, we'll, we'll talk off stream. Like, we'll, uh, talk, we'll, we'll talk. get this set up. I got you. So um, uh, another one I want to call out, because I know this is one that um, if Steve was here, he'd be screaming from the rafters, because uh, Vampire Survivors is coming to Switch finally. Um, feels like it's insane that it's taken it this long to come, uh, but they did at least bring something fresh to the table with it as well, which is pretty cool. So it's going to be coming out on August 17th, right? But uh, it's going to have couch co-op. That supports up to four players, which is really cool. Um, seemingly, that's exclusive to the Switch. I have not seen that mentioned on Xbox or any of the other uh, like console releases that um, that exist. I believe it's on just Xbox right now, but I could be wrong about that. Um, so I mean, that's that's pretty different. Like that's a that's a pretty interesting addition to uh, to the formula. So I'm gonna be blunt with you here. I've never played Vampire Survivors. Um... So when I saw the announcement, I was like, that, that game looks familiar, but I never actually got around to trying it. It was a really, um, really big wave last year. It was like one of the hot, you know, like indie games that was making waves. And it's really good. I think it is, um, like we, we joke a lot here about like what we call TV games, right? Where it's like, this is a great game to play like while you're watching reruns of an old show or like you're hanging out with your partner and they're watching something that you're half paying attention to and you just want to keep your hands busy. Like, it's a perfect game for that type of engagement because it's, like, it's a nice, simple, arcade style thing. It has the, like, kind of roguelite, like, one more run, one more run type thing where it's, like, you know, what things are going to drop, what strategy am I going to take? And it, it, the whole thing is just you have your character and you, you auto-attack, 
and you just have to move and like keep clearing and like staying alive. And so you literally just need to one finger to like yeah, play. Just really. literally just the finger you need to navigate the screen, right? And um the only other thing the only other choices that you make are whenever you level up, um, you like can pick new abilities. So like like and those will be random based on like your level and like you know like your character each character gets a different starting ability there are like items you can find in the overworld that'll like also help you and give you an advantage and stuff like that so there's like a map button to press so like literally yes. you might need a second hand once in a while but um yeah like the the core thing is just like kind of that that gliding and exploring around the map thing and it's very simple but it's one of those games that's like easy to pick up difficult to master and then like as you feel yourself learning more and getting further into it and building up your characters and everything you get that sense of like oh this thing that i i used to not be able to do now i can do every single time right and it's very satisfying very satisfying if you're looking I, for like a good arcadey type experience highly recommend it and it's like three bucks it's so cheap and oh, it's a really dang. fun game it's great on Steam and now Deck. that's coming on the switch it's kind of like that seems like a great game that's good on the go on the bus yep. and things like that yeah i, I played on my steam deck a lot that, that was my main platform for it um and i think it'll be right at home on switch it's crazy that it took this long to come to switch frankly um it's crazy that it was only on pc and like xbox for the longest time too like yeah. you'd imagine when something becomes a smash hit like that you pour it to everything yeah because... i mean i think i think probably part of it is that this, this i think this was this studio's first game and it blew up so it's like oh. they got it to mobile now and it's, it's it's popping off over there so like i think they're finally catching up and getting it everywhere that it, it needs to be right because it's, it's certainly a hit and it's crazy that it's as cheap as it is for like what a fun and you know satisfying game it is you get a lot of a lot of hours out of it game informer gave it a 9.75 yeah it's Ooh, it's really okay. good you should check it out it's it's like it's one of those games you look at and you're like that looks fun and then you're like let me give it a shot and then like three hours go by and you're like oh holy shit okay i see i get <laughs> what, this now what happened to my day <laughs> it's, Where did it's, you go? <laughs> it's a day ruiner for sure um but again like if you're on the go it's it's like perfect for like you know, you're on the bus, you're, you know, you're trying to kill time. 15 kind of to 30 minute, yeah. like, you know, playing spurts, like doing and a each quick round, run in There's cells. a clock that goes down and the goal is to make it until time runs out. So like it has a designated endpoint, So it's perfect for like, oh, let me pay for 30 minutes and I'm done. Or I'll take, a, I got two hours. Let me take three or four runs and see how I do, you know, whatever. Yeah. Really fun. No, I got to That is I'll add it to my ever-growing list of things to play. Yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. This is a good one to have as, like, a side piece, you know? Like, just, like, chip It's away a game you it. play alongside other yeah, things. Yeah, when, you when you're, devote. like, you're done playing Final Fantasy for the night and you want to play something more chill, this is, like, a good transition kind of thing like that. Like Tetris Effect for, uh, for me. Yeah, for the yeah, it's time, like that. But... It's that type of experience for sure. Um, I see, I see. So I wanted to mention this after Sonic because it was a platformer, but we jumped around a little bit. I did want to just shout this game out. Penny's Big Breakaway uh, was a new 3D platformer that they showed off. It is from the team that made Sonic Mania, and uh, they're oh. releasing it with Private Division, and it looks really, really cool. It, it's uh, You play as this um, girl named Penny, and she has like this sidekick that's a uh, like a magic yo-yo or something and its name is yo-yo and uh it's like you use the yo-yo as like the primary platforming thing where like 
you can use it to like launch yourself in the air. You can like ride it, you know. Um, you just, can use it to get over long gaps and things like that. And it's yeah. a cool concept, like the idea of a yo-yo being used as an integral game concept in a platformer. Uh, it looks cool. It looks cool. Now, uh, the people who made Sonic Mania, is this their first like 3D platformer? Because Sonic Mania was dope, right? I think it is. Um, I, I think this is their first... I want to say that this is their first non that game project if i'm if i'm not mistaken really? let me uh i'm gonna look this up real quick pennies big, big yeah you find that because i'm trying to f- nintendo did not give me the footage for this on the uh direct page i'm gonna pull it up so that the folks can see it um yeah here i'm pulling up the steam trailer so excuse me if there's like pc logo or whatever but it's the same thing um but yeah i i think this looks great i think it has a really great art style it's it's cute it has a really like novel concept like you said the yo-yo thing is unique and like we don't get and it's not coming out this year it's not coming out this year which is very good and and like you know when's we don't get 3d platformers like that you know like you like you don't get new 3d platformers very often hat in time is like the only the most recent big one that i can think of yeah that's not Um, a Nintendo game, right, or whatever. So yeah, well, this before is that, cool. what was it like ukulele? Was yeah, a pretty right. good one, I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so, it, so it's nice uh, that we're getting platformers that aren't just Nintendo. Uh, we're getting some fresh blood because, as much as I love Nintendo platformers, right, uh, they very much have their own style and way of going about things. Uh, so, getting these platformers from different companies kind of adds more diversity. Like, yeah. I can't imagine Nintendo doing a yo-yo-based platforming like, game. You know what I mean? Looking at it, it feels reminiscent of, like, PlayStation 1 platformers or, like, Dreamcast. Like, Crash. you know, like, it, it has yeah. a, a different flavor and style to it, and it reminds me of a game like Croc or Toomba or, like, you know, like, one of those, like, OG, play, like, the, you know, more, like, double From the a- colors and everything type yeah platformers which i i love i love that kind of game and it's we just don't get it anymore so you know i'm i'm excited about that and you know seeing like evening star is apparently the name of the team um get to like work on an original ip and and do something fresh is like that's really cool that's really cool and it's like they earned it right they they did sonic um they rushed it killed it and now they get to do their own thing like mm-hmm. they uh they earned it. It's like now when I go on their website, I only see that one game up, uh, <laughs> uh Penny's Breakaway. But um yeah, no, they they deserve that. I, I and we're still I, getting new Sonic. My understanding is that when they made that, like they after that they formed this company. So like this is their first at bat. That's not Sonic Mania. That's not Yeah, that's true, not under so like right? This that's not under Sega, yeah. So like there's actually a bit writing on this actually. Because, like, taking an established franchise um, that has a proven formula yeah. and polishing it to, like, I would argue perfection, pretty much, and creating an entirely different game in a completely different, like, viewpoint. Not even, like, side-scrolling, but it looks like, you know, fully 3D here. Yeah. Uh, that is a jump. And I'm sure. very curious if they can pull it off. I you think they I mean? can. You know what I mean? Um, Obviously, Mania was a, was a masterpiece. Like, as you said, I think that game was phenomenal. This looks really good already. And I think the fact that it's being backed by Private Division is a really huge thing. Um, if For those of you who don't know, Private Division is an imprint of 2K games, and it's like a sub-publisher. And the, the goal of it is to partner with uh, like AA, indie, independent AAA studios, 
and um, empower them to self-publish, you know, quote-unquote self-publish, to basically put out a game themselves with the support of a big brand like 2K, but they get to keep the IP themselves, and they're free to do whatever they want beyond the contract they've made for that game. So, like, this game will get released, and if it's a hit, and then they want to self-publish the next game and not work with Private Division, they can do that. If they want to, if they get bought, and, you know, Nintendo decides to bring them in-house, and they want to make that game, or that franchise, Nintendo exclusive moving, they could do that, right? Like, it, it gives them That's cool. a ton of financial backing, but with a lot of creative freedom, and then they, they get to maintain that IP. Like, you look at um probably the most famous game from the Private Division initiative thus far would be Outer Worlds. Um, Obsidian worked with them on that game, and then that is now an Xbox thing now that they've been acquired, right? So um, they were able to maintain that IP and, and invest in wanting to make the kind of game they wanted to make, even if the market didn't necessarily say that that game made sense, which is really cool to see them getting to do that now because I think that's the thing that probably enabled this team to take a big swing and do something bigger and different. Because yeah, that now they have the financial backing of private division. I'm I'm looking at the stuff they did here and like they helped release Hades physically. Outer Worlds is probably the biggest one. Yeah. The Ollie Ollie World uh um most recent game there. Yeah. yeah. They, they, Which is another another great game, right? This. Yeah, no, I gotta Yeah, Private gotta Division is legit. Um it's a really yeah, cool no, publishing initiative. They've worked with some really good teams, they've made some good games. Uh it's 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 a really cool idea. And it's especially really cool when we're and for a little team like this to let this be their stepping stone. Because if this game hits, they could be like the next Yacht Club, right? And then now we're independent. Now we do our own thing. We're we're independently funded. We're cool. But, like, we got that leg up, and we didn't have to sign the rights away to our, one of our, you know, what could be our flagship IP. I look at somebody like Don't Nod, right? Where, like, they had to give away Life is Strange, more or less, to Square Enix to save the company. And now they don't own their most famous IP. That sucks. That won't happen with you. Yeah. Studio. That's awesome. And especially in like a such a capitalistic world where like people are like trying to make money, capitalize on it. IP um, is everything. You know, squeeze money out the uh, middleman. Like the fact that private division exists as it is and does what they do. Just and to be clear, I you're teaching me something today. This is dope as hell. <laughs> like this is uh this gives me hope in this uh bleak world, if you will. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really good. It's it's cool, you know, like um Obviously, you know, 2K, they don't always make decisions that you like, but Private Division is a really cool initiative from them. Um, so the, there's two other games I definitely want to touch on that are, like, newer things, um, and then there's, like, a couple little quick ones. But uh, Dragon Quest Monsters, The Dark Prince, uh, was shown off, which this is another Square Enix collaboration, and um, this is interesting. This was coming out on December 1st, so another game coming out this year, which is oh, insane. Oh, my Lance. <laughs> um, because we just cannot get away from these releases. Uh, but this game is basically like a Dragon Quest like meets Pokemon thing, where it, it is like you can capture the monsters. There's like the Persona-esque, like combined, fusing them. Fusion. Or Monster Rancher, right, did, did that as well. Um, and it, it's like a you build a party of monsters, turn-based combat type thing. Very up. My alley for sure. And I I am not sure about this, but I feel like this is a revival of a spin-off series. Yes, it is. Okay. I was right about it is? this. Okay. Yeah, because back in the day, uh 
there was a few of these. So they were on the Game Boy originally, and they were like um, around the time of Pokemon originally. It was there was the first one came out. It was Dragon Warrior Monsters, um, but that came out in '98. There was another one in 2001. There was another one in 2002. I remember playing uh, the, I think the third one or maybe whatever something like that on uh, my friend's Game Boy Advance. I think. Yeah. So, yeah. So, this is the first one in uh, a while. Yeah. So like. The third one that they did never even made it over to the States. So the last one that we got here was back in 2011. So yeah, it's it's been uh, dormant for a while. But I feel like, uh, kind of touching back on a point that we said earlier, I feel like this game is one of the ones that are going to be lost in the shuffle that is the end of the year. Like, I don't see how anyone can watch this Direct, such a loaded Direct, and be like, I can't wait to play <laughs> uh, uh, Dragon Warrior. Like, in December, you know what I mean? Like, that can't be high up on people's list. I think it's... With everything it's, going on. Yeah, I mean, definitely not in or this... Or Dragon Quest. Not in uh, the States, anyway, right? Because, like, in Japan, Dragon Quest is you know huge. Fair. Or Slash Japan, Warrior, right? you're right. Um, but, yeah, here it's it's just never been as big. It, it's never hit that, that like, peak. But, I mean, there's certainly a, a, a diehard audience out there for Dragon Quest. But, yeah, I think it's a tough year. For it but i mean it is in december which is good coming out in december is a lot better than coming out in the fall because i think by december there's a lot less that's competing for oxygen you're maybe finishing some of those games off whatever whatever but this could True. be one of those games that either maybe you get it you get it when you need something new you get it as a christmas present or you buy it in like january february during that lull where it's like there isn't anything new and i'm hungry to try something new maybe i double back and when you play get it. those like holiday gift cards and whatnot <laughs> yeah like, yeah i i think I it's it's gonna that. be it's gonna struggle i think but i i think maybe you know and I think the next one's in a similar boat, unfortunately, which is uh, Star Ocean, the second story R, which is coming out on November 3rd, which is right in that packed oh, window. Oh, my goodness. And this is a, a remake of um, Star Ocean, the second story, which originally came out on the PlayStation in, in 1998. And uh, it's got the whole, like, 2D, 3D thing that's I, been popularized with Octopath, you know? I don't know how if I like the way this game looks, like the... Um art style i know they're trying to do like 2d yeah 3D, like um really i thought it looks cool oh, i i like it in other games but it just looks something just seems slightly off to me i think that i i can't put my finger on it. something just looks slightly like off maybe uh it's the frame rate like i don't know and it's like i like that 2d 3d art style in general right yeah but it just isn't doing it for me with this trailer That's that i saw maybe if i um, maybe if I saw a different trailer, it might hit different. Yeah. Uh, or if I saw like an actual uncut gameplay thing, but ever, something just looks awkward to me, and that that could just be a me thing. To be fair, right? I could be completely yeah. wrong. Um, but that is my personal opinion. I'm pretty indifferent towards this one. Um, you know, it comes out in November. I'm going to forget about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, I think unfortunately that's the thing is like I looked at this and was like, oh, I'm very interested in this. I'm not going to play this. I'm not going to have time for it. You know. It just is what it is. Um, and yeah, I, I think th there was another game that I thought showed really well, um, but I think is, is similarly I could see it struggling to find uh, oxygen, was uh, Myth Force, which was the, like, roguelite that they said had, like, the Saturday morning cartoon. It's, like, a first-person thing, cell-shaded, and it's, like, very, like, Dungeons & Dragons 
inspired, you know, like swords and sorcery. I think it looks really cool. It has a great art style and feel to it. I just don't know that there's space for this game this year. Uh, I think that that game, I like the concept, right? But I feel like, I don't know, cheap. I know it's going for the Saturday morning cartoon look from like the 80s and whatnot, but that that trailer did not do it for me either. Um, there are so many good first-person uh, shooters out there and action games and things of the sorts um, that if I if I wanted to get like that D&D aesthetic, um, granted, this game has guns in it, so like that kind of shoots it, but I feel like I would just play Tiny Tina's Wonderland. <laughs> um, yeah, that that game, and I could be pleasantly surprised. This game can come out and it can be the hottest thing ever. Um, but that trailer. I, I, just I think the thing is, I don't think did it not will. check off my boxes. I, I think I, I yeah. was just so into the aesthetic of it, but I don't know that the gameplay is going to be there to like have that addictive quality that it needs, and like the cool vibe of it is probably not enough to sell people, right? Especially when there's yeah, when it's a stack, so much coming out. Yeah, like uh, this game looks like a solid seven out of ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. And, I mean, that's there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like there, nothing wrong with that. You could have a lot of fun. Games with are hard game to make. Seven, yeah, but it's like it's you, there's got to be room for it, and I just don't see it, right? But I mean, I hope, I hope, I hope it comes together because I think it looks really cool. But it coming out this year is just like I don't know about all that, you know? Yeah, the timing is not working out in its favor, you know. Um, but like, what what else are we missing? I feel like we touched about on just about everything except like you know the Dark Knight trilogy coming to the Switch. Yeah, that's which, cool. That's really cool. You know, I mean, I, I, again, right? Like, I I love that franchise. Um, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of Arkham Knight, which uh, Asobi in the in the uh, Discord said that um he thinks it's worth revisiting. He said that uh he he replayed it a couple years later and got back into it. But I I love the original two, Arkham Asylum and City, are like two of my favorite games. Um, and I think. They're games that were, like, obviously hugely influential. So, like, there's things about them that I think probably seem dated now. Because, right, like, Armo wrote in and said, IMO, they look 10 years old because they are. Um, doesn't look like it's a remaster or anything. And my response to that is, I don't think it needs that. I don't think it needs to be a remaster to be worth playing. I think if you want to play these games on the go, um, like, they they hold like, up, you know? But I also feel like at this point, everybody who wanted to play those games have already played it. Unless... You're like a young kid whose first console is a Switch. Exactly. You know what I mean? And I think aside from that, though, right, there is also, like, the benefit of it being available for a newer audience and who maybe wasn't exposed to it the first time around. But I also think there's the argument of, like, folks who played it when it was contemporary, but that was a really long time ago now and want to to play it again. Or, you know, like, we had uh, Andrew Valentine wrote in and said, uh, holy shit, just remember the Arkham Collection reveal uh, was fire. Enjoyed Asylum on 360, always wanted to play City and Night. The combat and stealth mechanics of Asylum always just felt right. So, like, that's a great example, right, of, like, oh, you played Asylum and you liked sure. it, maybe replay it, and then you get into City, right? Like, I think that is a thing that in the early days of the Switch, we, we used to, like, like a lot when it was like, oh, like, they're bringing L.A. Noir to the Switch? Cool. Like, I'll replay that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll play that on the go. You know, like, I'll play this game I've played before handheld. Like, that's, there's, you know. But now we're a bit jaded. After yeah. And it's, it's not the sexiest years. thing anymore, but I think it's still a cool announcement, you know? Yeah, it, it didn't take up too much time. It's It was pretty inoffensive. No. Yeah, it's just um, like, hey, this is a thing now. So, jump in. It's, it's, it's a thing. And it's yeah, not cloud-based, so I like that. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. 
like cloud-based games on the Switch are just the joke. most meaningless thing. Like you have a portable console and you're going to release a game you can only play when you're connected to the internet. What the? <laughs> and it costs the same amount the to be the literally the worst way you could play the game. Great. You don't nah, want that. Not. Nah. Uh, so then the the last two things were just we got looks at the Mario plus Rabbids DLC and the Splatoon next Splatfest, which is ice cream themed. Um, my attitude about both of these games is the same at this point, which is just what a missed opportunity for both of them. I know Ubisoft was struggling financially and they needed to like push Sparks of Hope out, but like there was just a report this week that apparently Nintendo tried to convince them to hold it for the next hardware generation, which seems to point to the idea that that's not that far away, which is... If they told them to hold it, then that means it, they're cooking. Yeah. It's coming sooner rather than later. Wink. Uh, but continue, I'm sorry. No, 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 please. Um, but yeah, it's like, that's a shame because, I mean, it's cool. They're, they're putting out a free demo. There's DLC coming out. Maybe this will have a second chance because it came out at a bad time and it just got kind of drowned out, but that sucks. And I mean, Splatoon 3, I like... It feels like the crowd that likes Splatoon is still happy with Splatoon 3, but I feel like largely that game landed with a thud and that, like, Splatoon needs to go away or needs a shot in the arm, and, and like, it, it just does I, not feel fresh anymore. And 3 felt like 2 with more stuff, and that's just not good enough. And the thing is, there is Splatoon 3 DLC coming out. Yeah. Uh, but they didn't show it. They just showed Splatfest, which, I mean, cool, fine, whatever. Mm -hmm. But, like, isn't that DLC supposed to come out this year? Like, am I, am I wrong about no, that? No, no, you're <laughs> right. Yeah, Andrew Valentine wrote in and said, was expecting Splatoon uh, DLC 2 trailer and a confirmation of Persona 3 Reloaded, but otherwise pretty good direct. Uh, and they had some other thoughts. Mario Wonder will be a blast. I'm weirdly excited about Luigi's Mansion 2, and I'm confident that there's something interesting with the Peach game. Thanks for writing in, Andrew. Um, yeah, uh, that's supposed to come. It's, it's supposed to be imminent, and... I mean, we've seen very little of it, and what we have seen has been pretty nothing. So it's kind of weird. Yeah, it's like next to nothing in terms of like what we've seen gameplay wise. I, I think yeah. I've only really seen like that initial announcement trailer. I could be wrong here. I could definitely be wrong. I here. think you're right, though. I mean, like I, I think aside from there was like the teaser, and they showed off the like new environment and everything, and it, but like it's not it's not much, you know. So like, yeah, I, I definitely feel like. We're overdue for more information about it. But. Yeah, it's been four months since that trailer, Nintendo. But, but to be fair, though, this was a packed conference. Yeah. Maybe they wanted to like give it a little bit more time to breathe, not have it get overshadowed with everything I else going on. I see that being the type of thing that they give its own direct, because they need to talk about it for like more than there is time to do in a standard direct. Like, it needs more like 15, 20 minutes to like really explain what's going on and like what you know what they're bringing to the table. So hopefully and apparently we'll the soon. second, yeah, and apparently the second wave is supposed to be pretty meaty. Yeah. So, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out soon enough. We got a Splatfest coming up, right? Uh, so there's a perfect opportunity for them to talk about it after that and, you know, and tee everybody back up for it. So I so, imagine so we'll question hearing be, more about that soon. Since, since we're talking about Splatfest here, uh, so what ice cream flavor are you going with? I'm a vanilla guy of the three, I would say. Ah, uh, Pete. You should have gone with strawberries. Now I have to fight you. <laughs> uh, you know, strawberry is great, though. It's a great. I, I got to say, I was very pleased to see that they didn't pick chocolate and they put mint chocolate chip instead because I think chocolate ice cream sucks. So very pleased by that. <laughs> also, like the idea of just like chocolate ink, like it just looked like dookie all over the screen. <laughs> uh, You're probably right. <laughs> yeah, that's probably I'm, not I'm, great. I'm sure. 
I'm sure that had to be like a, a small deciding factor. Yeah, like they were doing like R and D. Like, sir, we can't do this. <laughs> this. This is this is no good. We can't do the Neapolitan. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what about mint chocolate chip? <laughs> Done. Cut. Print. <laughs> All right. On that note, that's where we're gonna wrap it up for the day. Thank you guys for joining us here on another episode of Nintendo Noise. Remember, if you want to write in to the question block, just like everybody else did, you can come and find links to that and so much more on flipscreen.games you can find our discord where we keep the conversation rolling between episodes uh that's probably the best way to come become a member of the community keep in touch right into the show uh we get a lot of conversation uh pulled over from the discord so if you've been a long time listener if you're a first time listener and you want to go and find a uh like fun inclusive place to come and talk games i would recommend the discord and then, of course, you'll find links to the Patreon. You can get the show early. You can become a Patreon producer and have me read your name on the air. You can early access all kinds of good stuff. However you choose to show your support, and go and click that link. Go click on a thing. Whatever you click on helps us out a lot, right? We appreciate it. Um, but, of course, however you choose to get involved, thanks for tuning in for another episode of the show. I've been Pete. He's been Ken. We'll see you next week. Next week. Gotcha.